We need more dogs. We need more dogs. Perfect timing. Welcome back, folks, to the latest and greatest episode of the Shaving Points Podcast. My name is Quentin Crisco. I'm joined by my co-host, Jayton May, who fell ill this week, and his voice is very limited today, so I- I'm going to be taking most of the heavy lifting on the talking today, and Jay's going to sit there and do a great A.J. Hawk impression, I think. What do you say, Jay? Yeah, I just need to get my cigar out so I can just smoke my cigar and listen. Absolutely. All right, so on the season, NFL, Jay is down 6.9 units. Most of that is honestly a three-unit a three unit play that went wrong on him, though. Because if not for that, you'd be sitting pretty good, actually. Or you'd be getting close to that break-even point. It's been a rough season, folks. Like, just a bizarre NFL season. I pulled some numbers on this because I was curious. Three-and-a-half-point favorites or more this year have covered 52% of the time. Over the last five years, they covered 47% of the time. So, like, historically, the dog is the play when when you have a big, uh, uh, a big spread like that. And this year, it's the opposite. It's just been odd. And I went in a little further even, even six plus point favorites. So that's almost a full touchdown. Six plus point favorites have covered 54% of their games this season. Last, five years before it, 40, only 48% covered. Like that's a big difference in numbers. That's a big difference in, in betting strategy. So that's, it's kind of, I, I felt the impact too. I'm up 1.4 units after like the last three weeks of finally getting back. I, I was I was beaten down too all year until recently. I think the issue is, is that we don't have like a middle tier of teams this year. We have good teams, we have bad teams, and I don't feel like there's a whole lot of in between in there. Yeah, there's there's really not, and I mean even the good teams, it's like I don't know, man. It's been like they just can't stand up to the really good teams, you know, like the. The Super Bowl contenders, like there's this this massive gap, and I guess that's I guess the Super Bowl contenders are who you're saying good teams are in that scenario. But um, just a weird season. Models down at a half unit on the year, but we're getting back. We've been up and up and up each of the last few weeks, get, getting our legs back, getting back to that break even point, and pretty soon here we, we should be green across the board. But what do you what do you think? We just jump into the slate here, Jay. We can do that. Uh, first game I have, uh, Thursday night game, Cowboys versus Seattle. Cowboys at home this year have been the best team in football, in my opinion. Uh, I look for Jerome landing another pick six and just keep raising that record. I got Cowboys minus nine with the MVP, Dak Prescott at the helm, uh, slinging that rock for them. Um, they've been pretty – like. Historically, Cowboys aren't great at home. They have usually just as good on the road as they are at home. This year is different. Uh, they play so well at home, and uh, it's not really or it's a, it's a true Thursday game. But playing last Thursday, so it's not like they're on a short week or anything. So yeah, I love Cowboys minus nine here. Yeah, I, I thought about taking that. I mean, as I was looking at who Dallas has beaten at home, I kind of started to hesitate more because it was. You know, the Jets, okay, I'll give you the Jets because, like, the Jets' defense alone is it, they're a tough team. But then you have um, New England, you got the Rams, you got the Giants, you got Washington. Like, so I'm I'm seeing the that Packers. 
they beat the Packers at home? They played the Packers this year? Maybe not. Maybe I'm tripping. I didn't think that. I didn't have it written down in my notes here, but maybe I just missed it. Either way, I I ended up staying away from this just because Dallas is coming off three just like blowout wins. And Seattle coming off a blow-off loss, I feel like there's some – there's some potential for it to be closer than what the spread is because what was spread is nine, but um, I'm not taking Seattle either. And if I was taking anything, I'd be taking Dallas. I don't know where I got in my head that we played the Packers. For some reason, I was thinking Jordan left through like five interceptions against us. Was- well, I can I can see it. I can, I could believe it. it like it, it, it's believable, but yeah, I could have swear that happened. Anyways, moving on to the Broncos at. The Texans. And in this game, I've got the under 46 and a half. So basically, my logic on this Houston has only, like in, in Houston games, they've only covered 46 and a half twice. They've only hit that over twice out of six times. At so out of Denver, they're, all, they're averaging 21 points per game over their last seven games since they kind of started to figure stuff out. And they're allowing only 19 points per game. So this is a defense who's really kind of found its stride here, but going up against CJ Stroud's tough. But ultimately, I see I have two teams here. One, the defense is getting right. The other, they haven't been putting up big scores at home, so I'm taking the under. Yeah, I don't think Derek Burnett just got signed to the Texans, too. I think that can give them some juice on the defensive line for him. Yeah, I like that underplay a lot. I looked at Texans uh, minus three and a half. I feel like that's a little bit too much juice for how much how well the Broncos yeah. are playing right now. So stay away Payton. from it. Broncos are back. The Denver Broncos are back. Russ might only be averaging five yards per attempt, but it don't matter. The Broncos are back. You heard it here first. Next up here, we got the Saints marching in to Detroit. Bounties and kneecaps. What do you got here, Jay? Yeah, Saints defense has been playing really good. Saints offense is up in the air. What what's going to happen there? But uh, Lions haven't looked great here these past couple of weeks. I like Saints to keep this close. Give me Saints plus four in this game. Ooh, sleeping on the Lions. I see it. I, I don't. I don't mind it either. I mean, so when I was looking at this game, what I wrote down: Detroit has been punched in the mouth the last two weeks. They won one of them, but like they they have looked human you know they look beatable i think they might answer but it's on the road in new orleans where new orleans has gotten a lot of unders over the last year and a half at home so you'd expect a close game four and a half is a fairly big number i mean i i didn't feel comfortable taking the lines there even though they're coming off you know they're in kind of a prove it mode but the saints are still fighting for the playoffs and I ended up staying away, but I do like, like, I think that four and a half number, it just feels big. Like if you're saying that the line should be a seven and a half point favorite at home, like that's huge. That that just doesn't feel right for the way the Saints have played. Yeah, I agree. All right. So next up here, got the Miami Dolphins going to Maryland to play the Washington football commander skins. Yeah, so right. absolutely. So I like this game. I just see weapons all over the field. Um, when Sam Howell plays well, he can put up big numbers. Uh, 
I think that, I think Washington can score some points in this game, and you know Miami's going to get there. So I got over forty nine and a half here. I think the over can hit. Um, I disagree a bit. I, I mean, Howell's probably going to put up enough points to get that over, but like this Miami defense has been heating up the last like six weeks. They are one of the best defenses in the NFL. Big fan Joe is Ramsey doing back. his thing. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey back. Having Jalen Ramsey and Javon Holland in the secondary at the same time is almost a cheat code. Like, so I'm taking the Dolphins minus nine and a half here. I think the Dolphins are going to have no problem putting up. No one's had a problem putting up points on Washington this year. And they trade away their two best defensive or edge defenders because Jonathan Allen is probably better than either of the guys they traded. But um, trade away two of their better defensive players. And the defense, lo and behold, hasn't gotten better for it. They were not good to begin with. I think this offense is going to have a nice day against them. I think this defense is going to show what they've been showing the last five, six weeks. Like, I just think Miami's going to walk all over them, basically. Moving on here, we have the Arizona Cardinals going into the Steel City, Pittsburgh, to take on the Steelers. And some say that winning is Kyler's call of duty. What do you say? Yeah, so I think Kyler's played pretty well since coming back. I mean, missing all that time, it's kind of shaking the rust off a little bit. Uh, I like Cardinals to keep it close here. Pittsburgh's offense looked better uh, after firing Matt Canada. But five and a half is a big number. And um, I think Cardinals' offense can keep it close. And their defense is not bad by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, give me Cardinals plus five and a half here. So I looked at this game and, and on the Kyler note, like I saw some stats today or yesterday that were kind of interesting. Like a lot of his, his fantasy numbers have been pretty solid because it's been more running, but his actual passing numbers have been like not quite up to par. I do think he's sh- going to shake it off, going to get back to what he was like pretty quickly here because I do think that he got, he became a meme there at some point. It's like Kyler Murray's a good quarterback. He's going to be fine. But um, I looked at this game. Arizona's defense is just, they're, they don't have the horses. They're just not good. Like, they do everything they can to scheme it up and make it difficult. But ultimately, this defense is just missing talent. And the Steelers' offense, like, I mean, maybe they got better. Kenny Pickett threw for a lot of yards last week, but they only scored 16 points. I still don't know what to think, what to make of that. Like that they should be better than that. But I, I mean, they're, I don't know. So I, I decided to stay away. I, you're right. Five and a half is a lot of points. I could see Kyler covering that, but like, there's just a lot of uncertainty around this game for me. So I, I decided to, to forego it. Um, looking here at, as a Bears, as a Bears fan, you need the Cardinals win there. Oh yeah. I'd love it. I'd be all for it. Stretch that distance between them and Carolina. Yeah, make uh, Christmas Eve not matter as much when the Bears and Cardinals face off. That would be great. Um, Next up here, we have the coachless Carolina Panthers going up against a Baker scorned, as we've talked about many times before, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Do you got this one, Jay? Or is this all me? No, but... Is there a coach in America that wants to take that Panthers job? No. Tepper's is going to have to pay someone a giant bag of money to take that job. Like, he, he 
he has done about everything wrong that you possibly could. You think they go out and get Jimbo Fisher? <laughs> I mean, Jimbo's got to be running out of luck at some point here. <laughs> then he go out and sign Jimbo Fisher, fire him after eight games. Jimbo Fisher gets another buyout. I mean, just living <laughs> large. I mean, hey, if it fits the trend, I mean, don't bet against it. Um, looking at this game, though, I at, when I first looked at this game, I was like, gross. Ew. Like, this is not a game that I want to bet. And as I'm sitting here, like, looking at the slate, thinking it over, I'm going like, man, Tampa's D-line is still pretty good. And this Carolina O-line has been one of the worst in the NFL this year. And the Bucks are just probably the more the far, not probably, they are the far more talented team. And they're coming off a really embarrassing loss. I think the Bucks are going to come out and just like show off against a bad team. They're, they're not like, they're not taking the week off. They're not like taking last week's game plan and putting it in this week because they have a nobody team coming up and they can afford to kind of go easy. They're in a division battle in division game while they're fighting for a playoff spot and coming off an embarrassing loss. I think Tampa's pedal to the metal here. Give me Tampa minus five and a half. Mike Evans, anytime touchdown. Always a great bet. All <laughs> I, I, so I, I've actually, I've said on the podcast a few times before that I don't like doing anytime touchdowns in my same game parlays. And I'm changing my stance on that because I'm, I'm, I started to last week after someone I know for uh, like, uh, I was talking to at Thanksgiving and they were talking about the, uh, anytime touchdown parlays that they've hit. And like, I was like, you know, maybe I got to change my tune on that. And I, I came like one piece within hitting like two different parlays this past week. And neither, none of the pieces that hit were anytime touchdowns. It's like, you can, if, if you're going to sit there and like nerd out over it, you can really do well at it. So I'm, I'm changing my stance a little there, but next up here on the slate, we have the Cleveland Browns going to Los Angeles, and I just think this one's gross. So this is all you. Yeah, Dorian Thompson-Robinson hasn't been good. Brown's defense is really freaking good. Um, I mean, even with Matt Stafford back, I don't see the Rams scored many points here. I got under 40. Miles Garrett might have had his arm amputated. Yeah. So he's, he's he only playing, playing this one arm. He's playing, but I mean, he's he's missing his left arm. I think it is basically. Uh, he only needs one. I mean, against that Ramzo line, you might be right. <laughs> I'll still get triple teamed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of uh, a lot of people sleeping on the Browns right now. Like a lot of people just kind of throwing them aside and saying like DTR is their quarterback and not thinking about how dangerous this defense is and saying like you should beat the Browns. I'm not sure it's that simple, even with Miles Garrett hurt. I still think this defense is a, is an absolute juggernaut and their O line is really banged up too. Like they're missing both their tackles now, but Hey, until we, until Ke- we see Kevin Stefanski not be able to run the football, I'm going to believe that seven Kevin Stefanski is going to be able to run the football. Like I just, I have no reason to believe it won't work. Absolutely. Next up here. We have the Kansas City Chiefs, the world champs, going to Titletown, to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. 
We have Patrick Mahomes against Jordan Love, the game of the century, the matchup we've all been dying to see these two face off. And I think this one's just me, right? Yeah, okay. Um, so I'm taking KC minus six and a half. They don't have a single person on that roster who can catch football besides Travis Kelsey. Nobody. I don't really care. I mean, I look at this. I see Steve Spagnola. I think he's going to make life hell on Jordan Love this week. I think he is going to have him just in the Thunderdome, like trying to see figure out left from right because there's so many, so many bodies flying around. So it's just a battlefield out there. All these all the red just coming straight at Jordan Love, trying to rip his head off. I think Kansas City's defense, the way that they play, is Jordan Love's nightmare. I really do. You go back and you look at um, Jordan Love's first start. His first career NFL start was in Kansas City. And he was, he, he just looked awful. Steve Spagnola had his number, knew how to get to him. I think that stuff matters. I think that Jordan Love remembers that. He's going to be in his head a little bit for this. I think Matt LaFleur is going to pull out all the stops for him like he has all year, but I'm, I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think six and a half. I mean, maybe it's a rat line. It It's begging me to take Kansas City here, and I'm taking it, <laughs> but I, I, I'm still taking it. And I know it's at Lambeau Field. I know that the Packers are just dirty cheaters. The refs will be on their side, but I don't. I, I just think Spagnuolo is going to have him tied up in knots. Yeah. No, I, don't, I mean, I don't hate that at all. All right. Last one here. And, Jay, they can't keep getting away with it. No, they can't. Uh, uh, yeah, I like this bet, too. I forgot to write it down. 49ers coming to Philly, like one mile away from where I'm sitting right now to the link. Like one mile south. That's That's where I live. 49ers are coming to Philly. And you know what? I don't even dislike the Eagles. Like, I I am cool with the Eagles, like, doing well because I live here and I want to see the fun of it. But they can't keep getting away with it, man. Like They had no business. No business winning that game. Or the previous game. Yeah. It's, I mean, they about five, game, five times this year they've gotten away with shit that they haven't, like... Luckiest team in football by far. I mean, they're good, but they're not one loss team good. So, yeah. I mean, eventually it's got to come back to them. So, give me Sam Fran minus two and a half. I, I put two units on this. I mean, I it's, it's going to catch up to them at some oh, point here. And you don't, like, honestly, if you're an Eagles fan, and you, you don't want it to catch up to them in the playoffs. You know, get, get, you want to catch up to them way. now because this isn't a 15 and 16 and one team, you know, like mm-hmm. they're not going to do that. They're good. They're really good. They have, they have, they're one of three teams I think has a shot at winning the NFL. Did I go out? I don't know what happened. That was bizarre. One but of three anyways, teams that win the Super Bowl. The NFC. NFC. One of three teams that can win the NFC. Um, Because there's more than three that can win the Super Bowl, I think. But anyways. Yeah. At least four. Um, Eagles can't keep getting away with it. It's got to catch up to them sooner or later. 
And if if this one doesn't hit, I'm putting four units against them next week. I it's it, that's Double where down. we're at. It just because got next week. No, next week they got Dallas. Oh, Dallas in Dallas. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, if they if they win this game again, like watch. They're going to lose this game by two and I'll lose my bet. And they'll just be like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy that how we talked all season about how strong the AFC is and everything. And now you're looking at it and like the AFC might have more teams that are good, but I mean, you have the Ravens and the chiefs, but I mean, I would say Kansas city, Dallas and San Fran are playing better ball than both those teams. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the AFC's gotten weird. It really has. Because, like, you know, no Burrow. I mean, Bills, Bills, the might, Bills are falling apart. Bills might miss the playoffs. Chargers are going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. Broncos are one of the scariest teams in the AFC right now. They're back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Houston, they should have won last week. Like, but, I mean, they're on the verge of winning the division, at least making the playoffs. And then nobody on the Chiefs can catch. And, I mean, until Lamar proves it, can he can he get it done? Like, uh, that's the question, man. That's the question. So, yeah, you're right. The AFC has gotten really kind of muddy. And the NFC has started to look, like, better than I think some of us thought it would. Yeah. I mean, outside of those three teams, I don't think – like, if somebody – other than those three teams gets out of the NFC, I think it's the AFCs to win, no yeah. doubt. But, I mean, if it's one of – I think any of those three teams will be favored in the Super Bowl if they make it. Yeah, I can see it. All right, you want to talk a little college football before we finish off the abbreviated episode? Absolutely. Um, first up, I have a money line parlay. It's Oregon, Texas, Georgia, Louisville – plays plus 355 putting a unit on that all right and then i have liberty new mexico state over 56 and a half uh i think both these teams can score it's uh it's conference championship all they're gonna pull all the tricks out of the bag uh similar theory here oregon washington over 65 and a half you have two quarterbacks that are trying to win the heisman uh, you have the college football playoff on the line. Um, I think if we see a big performance out of Michael Penix or um, Bo Nix, they could steal the Heisman from Jalen Daniels, even though I don't think – I think Jalen Daniels should be the Heisman winner no matter what. But big-time performance here could, could steal it for one of those guys. So I expect a lot of points in this rematch. Uh, like I said, college football playoff on the line. Give me over 65 and a half in that game. Then I have Texas minus 15 and a half versus Oklahoma State. Texas is in the worst position out of every team uh, playing this weekend, trying to get – they're one of the only teams that doesn't control their own destiny. Um, I think if Alabama wins, they're in. I think if Florida State wins, they're in. I think the winner of Oregon-Washington is in. And then, obviously – Michigan controls their own destiny as well. So they're the only team that doesn't control their own destiny. I expect them to put on an absolutely ass whooping against Oklahoma State. I might I might take an alternate over of minus 30 if I can find it. 
Uh, I, I think I think they just destroy them. I think Sark knows that they have to destroy them. It's their it's their last chance. And then um, last but not least, uh, this is basically a hedge against my parlay. I feel good about the other three legs. Um, so I'm taking Bama plus five and a half. I think Georgia wins the game, but uh, five and a half points for Nick Saban's a lot of points. Give me five and a half to to Bama there. And uh, full reference, Jay is a red hot plus 9.4 units on college football so far this season. I was right there with them all year until four weeks ago. Last four <laughs> weeks, I'm down four units. So on the season, I am still up four and a half units. But I feel like every year, this time of year, like week 10 through the championship week, is where my college bets just fall off a cliff. Like, it's just... It's the math really seems to work for the first like two thirds of the season, but that final third teams just start doing things that they hadn't done all year. Like they, it just a little more comes out. They, they, they get a little more toothpaste yeah. out of that bottle, you know, like, and it just, especially rivalry week. I, I feel like I'm over the last three years down at least 10 units on rivalry week. It, it's just, yeah. I, I don't, I don't read it well, but that being said, here are my picks for this week, which you probably don't want to follow. Um, <laughs> first up here, SMU against Tulane. I am going with SMU plus five and a half. On the season, SMU has covered almost 60% of their games. Or yeah, and Tulane has failed to cover almost 60% of their games. Um, next up here, I have Toledo against Miami of Ohio. Another game of the century here. I'm going Miami, Ohio, plus seven and a half. This one, Toledo has failed to cover half their games this year. Miami, Ohio has covered a whopping 75% of their games. They've been feisty all year. Um, next up, New Mexico State. The pride and joy, Brian Urlacher. The Lobos. Should have been a Texas is that UNM? Wait, is that UNM or is that... University of New Mexico, I believe... Okay, so excuse me. Nothing to do with Brian Urlacher. Um, New Mexico State against Liberty. I'm going with New Mexico State plus 10 and a half. That's just a big number for a championship game. New Mexico State has covered 83% of their games this year. And Liberty has failed to cover only 33% of the times. So they have covered 67%. This isn't my best bet, but you give me a team that's covered 83% of their games at 10 and a half point dog. I'm, I'm just going to take it. Um, last one, Georgia against Alabama. I got Alabama plus six. You want the numbers on this? Georgia has failed to cover 64% of the time this year. Alabama has covered 67% of the time. I think Saban's got I, – I, I went on record early this season saying that Nick Saban's lost his fastball. I think it might be back. I think mm. he might have found it. I mean, they should have lost to Auburn, and Auburn lost to New Mexico State. That's true. So New Mexico State is almost, almost SEC champs. Then. Because yeah. give me Alabama plus six. I'm probably even going to sprinkle the money line on this. I think, I don't think this Georgia team is what they've been. And I, I don't think Georgia I'm, loses that game. But I'm not. I don't. I don't, I don't hate it. I'm sprinkling. That's why I'm sprinkling. It's not a pick. No, yeah, I don't, I'm just going to. I don't hate it. I mean, it'll be absolute chaos if, if we get if Oregon wins, Bama wins. Florida State wins, Michigan wins, Texas wins. 
It's going to be absolute chaos on Selection Sunday. We're here for the chaos. That's what we're all about on this show. Yeah. So, I kind of want chaos, but I think it would be hilarious to see Texas get left out and see all the tears. But I think I think Florida State's going to be the team that gets fucked, honestly. Yeah. I mean, prob- I mean, they're the team that I feel like it's the easiest to just toss to the side when their quarterback has a broken leg, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, I got Louisville in that game, so I think it'll work itself out. I almost took Louisville. I, I, I looked at every game, and I pretty much everything that you said is where I was leaning on the other games, but, like, I just I, – the numbers weren't lining up. All the teams were good on covers on this season. It was like, well, if both of them are good at covering – what do I bet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, I'm excited. It's one of the best uh, conference championship weekends in a long time, I feel like. Yeah, it's it, there's some really good matchups. It's going to be an exciting Saturday. Yeah, and then next year we get the 12-team playoff, and I'm so fucking excited. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I couldn't – so, uh, confession time, I didn't know if that was this year or next year for, like, half the season. I was just like going along with whatever people said, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I kept forgetting to Google it. Like, the bracket for this year would have been incredible. Yeah, it would have been. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up. And uh, remember, folks, don't sleep on the Texans. Yes, sir. Adios.